Welcome to Elevate, the podcast where we dissect exceptional achievers who are consistently raising the bar personally and professionally to produce extraordinary results in investment real estate and ultimately in their lives. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here, and I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting here with my friend, Kevin Gray. Kevin, how are you, sir? I'm awesome, man. How are you doing? So good and I'm to doing be. great. You know what? I, the thing that strikes me about you today is you're committed 100%. Well, <laughs> you know, it's funny because we're sitting here talking and we're laughing a little bit. You've had some, you've had some, uh, you know, I guess obstacles in your way to, so to speak, uh, today, but you've showed up and looking forward to definitely diving in and getting to know you better and introducing you to Elevate Nation. Absolutely. Thank Thanks for having me, man. And it's, you know, it's kind of the mantra I'm trying to you take into 2020 is kind of whatever it takes. So you know, we had this on the books and it was like, I'm going to make this podcast. I'm going to make Absolutely. This podcast. So whatever it takes. That's it. Uh, I love that. So elevate nation, whatever it takes today, we're going to raise that bar. We're going to take it to another level. And I want to welcome you back to the show where our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. This is where you learn the mindset, the habits, the routines, systems, tools, strategies, and so much more from those who are elevating to a life without limits. So you can do the same for yourself. And I want to remind you, this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results, purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives. If you appreciate what we're doing on the show, please subscribe, uh, give us a rating, give us a five-star rating if you're so inclined and give us a review specifically of what you're taking away from the show. What have you learned? What have you implemented into your own life? Because as I say, we're, we identify, but we also apply immediately uh, from these masters. And so that's what we're going to do today. And with that said, I want to go ahead and dive in here with Kevin Gray. And I want to introduce you to him just briefly. Uh, he's a role model to two boys. Actually, I wanted to say real quick, I love his bio because it really tells me about him as a person and also kind of a high level. And I'm really looking forward to diving into this, but he's a role model to two boys, Jack, who's nine years old, and Phoenix, who's two years old, which, by the way, awesome name, uh, husband of 12 years to Angela, president and owner of ADC Paving since 2011, and he's also a business and operations coach and partner of Top Contractor School, and so much more. I mean, uh, you know, we're only scratching the surface, but Kevin, tell us more about, you know, you as a man behind the bio. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you covered a lot of it there, and that's that's kind of, uh, you know, I was adopted at birth, uh, which is an interesting fact about myself. So I was adopted, actually, my, my biological parents are here in Louisville, actually was cool enough to meet them uh, about 15 years ago. I took a job here in Louisville in 04 with Wells Fargo uh, right out of college, uh, um, and, you know, a month into that job, got a letter from from my biological parents, you know, saying, Hey, you know, we'd like to meet. And so we did that. So that was cool. So, um, yeah, adopted at birth, um, to an amazing, you know, mother and father. I also have an adoptive sister and, um, also have a biological sister and, um, you know, we kind of, we kind of traveled the state of Kentucky growing up. My dad was in the heavy highway construction industry, which is kind of how I got to where I'm at today in this industry. Um, and so we, you know, we, we lived in E-Town and then, and then spent most of my, my childhood and adolescent high school years in Midway, Kentucky, which is right outside of Lexington. So 
uh, kind of a country boy at heart, man, and, and grew up in, in, you know, southeastern and eastern Kentucky and in central Kentucky. So, um, yeah, man, we're, we've been here. In, I've been in Louisville since 2004. Uh, met my wife in 06, and, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've been here ever since, man. We're raising two beautiful boys, amazing boys that, that I, you know, I, I, I try to put that out there as much as I can, and I think, you know, I've got that on my LinkedIn status. I obviously shared that in my bio. Um, when I tell people, you know, telling people out loud that I'm a role model to two boys kind of keeps me in check sometimes, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I put that out there a lot because that uh, I think as, as men and the, even you know, as parents, whatever in this, in these days and times and the things that are going on, that, that it's truly important to understand the importance of our responsibility, not only um, to our wives or children or our businesses, you know, especially these young people that, that are the future, man. So that's a little about me. I, I like to fish. Uh, I like to fish. We, we, we live out on some land out in, in Eastern Jefferson County. So I like, I like nature getting out on, on some trails and some hikes and enjoying nature too. So that's, that's a little about me. I love it, man. Actually, yep. you know, one thing I didn't know about you was uh, that you were adopted. Um, yep. I'm curious to know, you know, how did that impact you growing up? I mean, were you ever conscious of that? I mean, did you really kind of think deeply about that as a kid or how did that impact you as you kind of became a man? I, I did think, you know, I thought a lot about it as a kid. Um, just curious. I think I just had a curiosity about, you know, who uh, had an amazing, you know, mother and father that adopted me and, you know, never, never wanted anything different. I didn't want, you know, or wish that I was with my biological family and uh, had a different opportunity in life. But yeah, I was always curious. Uh, the curiosity kind of dwindled as I got into my teens and, and maybe into it becoming a young man, but it was always in the back of my mind. And, you know, I was, I wasn't, you know, at 18 years old, I, I kind of had the opportunity to, to explore them if I had wanted to. And I never took that, that leap of faith, I guess. And uh, coincidentally, I got a letter from, from them in the mail that they were kind of searching for me too. So it's just kind of interesting how that worked out. And we, you know, we, uh, we met, we even, we established uh, a pretty decent relationship for several years. We still stay in touch. And, um, you know, it's kind of cool, man. Kinda That's cool. awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And I just was always curious just because, you know, I always think so uh, deeply about this really is that, you know, our childhood kind of uh, shapes us so deeply and especially that type of an experience as a, as an unconscious, you know, person growing up, not realizing how deeply that kind of shapes you. So I just uh, encourage, you know, folks who are listening to really kind of maybe kind of just think back, you know, what were the things that were happening to you as a child and how did that impact the way you think and approach your, your life today? I just think it's important for people to just kind of, you know, unpack and, and observe. So I really appreciate you sharing a lot of personal stuff with us there. And also just wanted to highlight a couple of things there too, is that, you know, you, you, you mentioned even on your LinkedIn that you're a role model to your two boys. And, you know, I think it's a, it's a reminder for all of us, Hey, you know what, we're role models for a lot of people in this yeah. world, whether or not it's our family or, or so on and so forth. So just kind of keeping that front and center to realize, you know, one of the things I, I saw recently, you know, someone asked, uh, actually Kobe Bryant, what was, what he thought was greatness. And his, his answer, which I thought was great, uh, was that, you know, it's really about inspiring someone else to do something great, to, to show their own creativity and just reminding ourselves that we're all role models and leaving an, an impact and a legacy there is amazing. Um, but I'm curious to know, Kevin, when you were growing up or, you know, was there a moment in your upbringing that you said, you know what, uh, 
I'm drawing this line in the sand and I'm not going to be average. I'm not going to be mediocre. Cause I mean, obviously like you're, you're the, you're the type of guy who's ultra, you know, ultra committed. I mean, like we looked at what happened today. I mean, there was a few things right. that could have knocked you off course. I mean, was there a moment or was it kind of just who you were and how your upbringing was or how did that happen for you? Yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, we talk about role models, diving into that a little bit. I mean, growing up, um, I used to go to a lot of meetings and conventions with my dad and um, just to see, and it wasn't necessarily a work ethic thing, although he, you know, he was always up early and he was, he was working like, I always appreciated his work ethic, but it was, you know, getting some of that feedback from his peers of, of his integrity, of his honesty, of man, he's, he's just a genuine dude. Um, you know, he's got good moral character and I, you know, he's been retired for, I don't know, 10, 15 years now from that construction industry. And I still interact with some of his peers that, that are still in the industry and then maybe even some guys that have also retired. And they're always like, man, your dad was such a good dude. So there, I think there's that, there's that level of kind of something that I've always idolized that I wanted to bring into my own personal life. Uh, and as far as, as far as the commitment and the work ethic and kind of what has molded me, I think I got to I got to I got to age trace it back to that and then uh, I was a wrestler growing up I think the sport of wrestling really it tapped into something uh, inside of me that that kind of you know keeps me pushing kind of keeps me you know my, my wrestling coach in high school um, always said you know all of your competition or these guys you're going to be facing you know they're all they're training you know wrestling is a three-period sport and most of these people are training just to survive and get through the the physical challenge of getting through those three periods. And it's like, you need to be training for overtime. You need to be training for double overtime because, you know, when everybody else is tired and they think the match should be over, that's, that's when you can take those next steps and really get ahead of your competition. And, you know, I, and, and we were talking about tennis before we got on here, we were talking about the mental fortitude that those sports that are one on, you know, you don't have a teammate around you. You don't have any yeah. teammates around you. It's you kind of versus the other man. So something clicked, um, I think, in that sport of wrestling for me that, that kind of made me realize that, you know, my fate, my destiny, if I want to win a state championship, if I want to be one of the, you know, if I want to be a ranked wrestler in the state, if I want to go on to college and wrestle, that, wrestle, that I've got to do certain things to separate myself from everyone else. And I think, I think that's a big piece of what I tried to really implement into my personal life as well. Um, so I, I would I would attribute uh, you know going back to your question I would attribute kind of the moral fiber things that I learned and and saw as a young boy in my father and then just kind of the spirit uh, that has been instilled in me with the sport of wrestling is kind of who makes me the man I am. Are you someone who is looking to seriously elevate your life this year? I mean now because I want to let you know that I am currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. And I want to invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. I have to tell you, this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are defiantly committed, those who are decisive, those who are coachable, those who are resourceful. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to sacrifice time, energy, and invest resources into themselves to get to where they want to be, to live life at the highest level. 
and to elevate to a life without limits, exactly what we talked about on this show. If that is you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and I, I love the concept of train for overtime or, or double overtime. Yep. It's, you know, what is that? How does that translate to you in your life and your business now? I mean, how does that concept, um, you know, how do you, how do you envision that concept in your daily life now? Well, I, you know, I think, I think I just started, I just started a program called 75 hard. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Andy. Absolutely. And I just, this isn't a new concept to me, but I just, I'm 12 days in and what that's really shown me so far is the value of time. And it's, you know, I can make a commitment to drink a gallon of water a day, to work out twice a day, 45 minutes each, one of them being outdoors, uh, reading 10 pages, uh, and some of the couple other things you've got to do to, to make that day count. It's like, it, I think the biggest takeaway I'm getting, you know, most, most people, I think, I think what separates most people today is that people that are average, people that, that are probably pretty successful, very successful, even that, that have a good living and have a good life and all that. I think, I think they work within an 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. mindset. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, you know, you know, what do we get 60, 70, maybe 80 years on this planet, right? Mm -hmm. So if, wherever we get an opportunity to steal some time, you only get, you only get 24 hours in a day too. So it's like, wherever I can steal 30 minutes or I can steal an hour or, if I can get up an hour earlier, I was talking to a couple of my, my best friends the other day. Um, uh, you're just kind of reflecting on the program for the day. And it's like, I got up at 4 a.m. I went to the gym. I came to the office for a couple hours and got some work done with my guys out in the shop. And by 10 a.m. I was headed to a four hour career fair for the day. Like by 10 a.m. I, I feel like I was already five or six hours up on everybody else, you know, in the rest of the world, you know, so that's, you can start compartmentalizing your days into three or four hour bursts of activity that, that most people probably aren't. I think that's, I think that's the true separator. Um, I really do. I think, I think figuring out how to manage your time and steal time and get some time ahead, you know, up on people uh, is huge. And that, that doesn't mean neglect your health. That doesn't mean neglect your sleep. I mean, I'm, I got to get six, seven, eight hours of sleep or I'm not good to anybody. I'm not a good, business owner. I'm not a good leader. I'm not a good father. I'm not a good husband. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not healthy. So I'm not saying you got to work 20 hours a day and, and be a madman blown, full blown entrepreneur, you know, crazy person. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's a lot, there's a lot to grit and there's a lot to working smart and there's a lot to kind of just willing to do the, the little things that other people aren't willing to do. So what would you say are those little things? I mean, what, what are some of the little things that you would point to that most people aren't willing to do that we could implement immediately? Man, I, I think, I think one of the biggest things today that you can implement is, is, is doing a self analysis of what you're allowing to pour into you. What are you, what are you reading? Who are your friends? What are you, what are you doing in your free time? Um, you know, what, what, I'm a firm believer, um, you know, what you consume, whether that be books or TV or friendships or relationships or physical activity or your health or your diet, you know, those things that you consume, ultimately, that's who you become. 
if you're a person that's um, consuming, you know, Netflix for three hours a day and eating poorly and going out to the bar and um, you got friends that are negative and they and their lives aren't great either. You start looking around like, well, you know, you kind of are who you hang around. You kind of mm -hmm. are what and who you consume. So, I mean, that's, um, that's, that's pretty simple to me, man. I mean, I love that. And it's so true because, you know, one thing that I heard regarding this is that your mind is the most fertile ground in the universe. I mean, it's really the most fertile, you know, it, whatever you plant there will grow. It will germinate. It will become reality. And I think it's so important to guard the gates of your mind. You know, there's, there's so many different messages out there in our, you know, 21st century that are, you know, either negatively focused or, you know, it's fear-based or, you know, it's designed to get you to take action based on the fear that human beings, you know, have because, you know, we're built for survival. And once you realize that your subconscious mind is really just there to, to keep you alive, and yes, you have to be thankful for that, but at the same time, you have to overcome that. So I do think it's so, so important. And I really appreciate you mentioning that. And also, I, I wanted to just kind of stack on what you were talking about regarding time. You know, we all have 168 hours in the week, right? So how does that break down for you? You know, how many hours are you spending 20, 25 hours, you know, watching Netflix or, you know, reading garbage on social media? Or are you applying it towards your health? Are you getting the proper amount of sleep? Are you spending it with your people? Are you reading? Are you learning? Are you engaging in good conversations? Are you spending time listening to conversations like this? So what can you do to, to get rid of some of that kind of garbage time? and put it into high lifetime value time, I think is so important. So I just wanted to stack that on there. Yep. I love it. Yep. So obviously you're doing many things. I love the thought of doing the 75 hard. Um, you know, we can definitely link in the show notes to kind of what Andy Frisella talks about regarding 75 hard, because obviously that's a transformational uh, process there that, you know, I know several people have gone through and I know uh, how transformational that is. But beyond that, I'd be curious to know, you know, fast forwarding to today in terms of what you're doing in your business, as well as your personal growth, you know, what would you point to otherwise that really you kind of raised the bar that have kind of grown your results in different ways? I, you know, I, I mean, the, the biggie, a big one for me is, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm lucky. I feel like I am, I feel like I'm the luckiest guy on earth because I get to get up every day and I do something that I absolutely love to do. And it's not, um, it's not paving. It's not asphalt. It has nothing to do with the business that I, you know, landed in or, you know, the company we bought. Um, it's getting up and being able to, you know, we've got about 20 employees and it's, you know, I wake up with the mindset that I work for these people. They don't work for me. Uh, I think, I think so many business owners, managers, foremen, leaders, you know, whoever they get, uh, they work, they pay their dues, they get to the top of the mountain, they get promoted and they say, I've made it, I've made it. The hard work is done. I'm in charge. I'm the boss. And like, to me, that's the moment when the script flips and it's like, nope, now you work for all these other people. You know, your job just got exponentially more difficult. So, you know, if you think, think that that's the time to sit back and coast, you know, that's, that's why a lot of these businesses struggle. They promote the wrong people. They get the wrong people. Uh, promoted too quickly and egos get out of hand. But for me, man, I get, I get to do what I love every single day. And it's, and it's, it helps me on my personal, you know, they, these people, they don't understand. I don't think, 
but they help me a lot more than I think I help them. And, you know, they, they give me my fuel. They give me my passion. They give me a reason to get out of bed in the morning to come in and be able to, to coach them and to lead them and to mentor them. Um, the, the whole, the whole driving force, you know, and, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Look, I own a business. I got into entrepreneurship and this, yes, I, I do want to be financially successful as well. And my main you know, motivation behind that is selfishly for my family, my wife, my children. I want, I want to provide a great, you know, a great upbringing, a great life, great options and opportunities for my kids and, and hopefully, you know, be able to leave them with the memories, you know, and it's like, what do we leave our kids when we're gone? It's like, you can leave them all the money in the world. You can leave them houses, you know, whatever. It's like, I want to leave memories. I want to leave lasting memories. Um, so what, you know, what gets me out of bed and what, what keeps me going and motivated is, is the, is a, obviously my family, but it's, it's these people that are involved with our company. Um, and seeing, you know, seeing their lives change and seeing, seeing us doing better as a team and as a unit to where we are able to give, to give raises and to bring in, you know, benefits, 401k and health insurance. And, you know, a lot of, you know, the, the asphalt industry, it's not a glamorous industry. I mean, a lot of these, uh, especially on the labor side of these businesses have had very poor, you know, um, not, not even just financially poor, but just very, you know, hard, you know, upbringings and childhoods and, uh, drugs and addiction and alcoholism and you know, um, not great education. I mean, it's been a rampant part of kind of the culture of people that land in these in these jobs. And to be able to to, to attach on to some of those people and and really make a difference in their life and and the difference they make in my life. You know, getting the, that perspective, um, sharing stories with them. I mean, it's really it's really cool. So it's a give and take, and it's it's. Um, you know that, and I think that's part of the reason I'm so heavily involved with the top contractor school stuff too. It's like we want, you know, we're all about sharing, we're all about teaching. We want to give as much information and value, and and coaching, and you know, just putting your arm around somebody and talking to them. I mean, it's the people. The people get me out of bed every morning. So I'm I feel lucky that I that I get this opportunity to to and that these people look up to me, and you know, we get we get a chance to do this every single day. Man, there's so much good stuff there, so much wisdom. And one thing I do want to highlight, you know, just I had I got to pick one, but you know what I say, what you said there is, you know, I work for these people, they don't work for me. I think it's such a great shift that, you know, most people who maybe they look into and say, "Hey, you know what? I want to become an entrepreneur because then I can work for myself or, you know, I can have other people do things for me." And it's a, it's a shift first of all is that your customers are obviously people who you work for. You know, and whether you're a real estate investor, whether you own a paving company or whatever it is, I mean, your customers as well as your employees and anybody who else who you're affiliated with, I mean, you've got to create a great experience for them and you've yes. got to create those memories for them because at the end of the day, it is the vehicle. I mean, you mentioned, you know, it's like, you know what, this, this paving company is, it's the, it's the vehicle for you to create memories for your family, to create that legacy and to help people who have maybe come from a different type of background that may, you know, may have had some challenges. I mean, so yeah. I think it's a, an amazing thing. And, and once people kind of really shift their mindset and realize that you do work for other people and that you are really here to serve them, that's when your business, you know, paradoxically kind of takes off. 
And uh, I just really love that. One of the things that I learned about you from kind of doing a little bit of study about you is you mentioned, uh, you know, it seems like your mantra or at least your company's mantra is no bad jobs. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and what that means uh, to you? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's something we picked up uh, a year ago. We, we've actually shifted that a little. We're going to we're going to keep the no bad jobs. And we've also We've also implemented uh, a new saying for 2020, and it says the expectation is higher here. And I think I think they're very similar in what they say. I mean, no, no, but we, it's it's all about culture, man. It's all about culture and creating. Uh, and I'm glad you you hit on it because it's so true. Like we're all working for the customer, and it's like if we don't treat these people right within this organization, or we don't create an amazing culture and atmosphere here first they're not going to take care of our customers i'm not i'm not i can't physically go take care of all 700 of our customers every season but these people are you know and so if we're not doing it right in these walls then they're not going to be doing it out right out there in the community so so no bad jobs to me um you know it's it's yes it's it's about the quality of the job it's the quality of the product that we provide it's it's the quality of the you know our experience starts when that person that person calls our office for the first time and the person that answers the phone here in our building starts that transaction right so you know it's got to go from the phone to the estimator to the fields i mean it's got to go all the way through the process that experience and it has to match all the way through or your branding who you say you are your culture means nothing you know it you can't you can't have a kink in the chain anywhere or all the hard work kind of goes out the window so you know we want we want no bad jobs from from the moment we answer the phone all the way through the pavement assessment process to the sales process to the installation of the product to the follow-up to the are you happy you know it's it's got to go all the way through the organization and i think um i think a lot of people get it twisted too that it, I said it earlier, you know, it doesn't matter what industry, I mean, I could be selling hamburgers, I could be selling pencils, I mean, whatever your business may be. But I think the product piece is the very last piece of no bad jobs, right? It's, it's the people first, right? It's the people first, and then it's the products. So it's, it's focusing on the people and focusing on creating a culture that these people can strive in and evolve in. And, and start to lead themselves and, and really giving them the platform to become. And, and it's, you know, I, I think a big thing that we do is we are, we are so wide open to, we, we want their feedback. You know, we're, we're asking everybody on our team, how do you want to be coached? What's important to you? What, what makes you click? How, how, and, and identifying all their different personalities and, and really understanding who these people are you know, that they aren't just someone that's in here punching a clock, moving a rake for me. You know, that's Joe, and he's got three kids, and he's a Leo, and he may act a little bit like this sometimes when he's upset. Cool. I know how to deal with that guy now, right? And, and we're going to treat you with respect and get, get to really know these people and, and, and just create, creating almost a, a, a flawless system within the system that when we're out there in the community providing the product and service that we're selling, that it's, it looks like what it's supposed to look like based on who we've told the community that we are. 
I mean, what you're talking about is doing kind of the hard things, right? It's like going the extra mile and, and, you know, not cutting corners, right? You got to get to know people. You have to really truly understand who your people are, what makes them tick. And I just think it's so important, but you know, really that's, that is what culture is all about. It's about, you know, it's not the quick route, you know, you can't really go from point A to point B, you know, in 60 seconds. I mean, this is a thing that takes years and years and years, but that's how you create sustainability. That's how you create, you know, as you mentioned, kind of a vehicle that allows people to have those lasting memories. So uh, I think that's so important and it's something that can be applied to any business. I mean, that's, that's what, that's why I love what we talked about on Elevate is because, you know, what you're talking about is like, all right, you got to start here with yourself. You got to, mm-hmm. you got to develop yourself. Then you've got to kind of build that nucleus out to the people that are closest to you. You got to be checking in what's coming into your mind. You know, what, what are you allowing into the people's closest to you in their mind and, and how are you serving other people on a daily basis? But uh, I think it's so powerful. And and with that said, I'd be curious to know, uh, Kevin, as, as you're kind of developing yourself you know what what habits have you consciously created um, that have kind of allowed you to be the anchor that creates such a dynamic culture Uh, you know for for me it's um and i think this goes back to my wrestling whatever kind of wiring happened when i was a wrestler in a former life has kind of just molded who i am and it for me it's um it's when i feel good when i'm exercising you know because i I can get that, you know, hour workout in a day where I've just got my earbuds in and I'm either listening to some music that pumps me up or I'm throwing on some like binaural beats and just kind of, you know, zoning out and, and giving myself some time to think, you know, that, that exercise for me is huge. And then I try to take, I try to take at least 30 minutes every day where I shut the door, I turn my phone off, I turn my email off, I totally check out of everything. And I just allow myself to think. I just allow myself to think my own thoughts uh, with no noise, with no distractions, with nothing to do. Um, because you know, I mean, you know, man, you're growing, you're a fast growing company. I mean, you've got your hands in all kinds of things. It's just amazing. I mean, you're going hundred miles an hour and it's very inspiring. Um, but you know, as well as I know, if you don't take time to check out, for 30 minutes a day and listen to your own head, your vision can become, you know, very foggy or very unclear, or very just misguided because you're just ping pong. You're ping ponging to tasks instead of able, you know, to really get focused on what's important to you, what's important to your vision, what's important to your culture. Because if, if you're, if you are not able to show up for your people, I mean, you talk about culture, you a good friend of mine, Brian Hess, who's involved in Top Contract School with me, says, you have to be the evangelist for your company. What you want your company to look like, what you want your company to be branded as or known as in the community, starts. it just starts with you. And you've got to show up every day um, looking like that. You know, you have to, interacting like that. Like, you can't, you, can, you can't have a bad day. I mean, you can, you're going to have bad days, but you got to show up for your people. You've got to, uh, you are the primary example for everything. So um, the things I've got to do, I've got to, I've got to eat good. I got to get sleep. I got to get my exercise and I got to get some time to myself to, to just make sure I'm checking in. So I want to serve the audience for, in a practical way. I mean, if you're sitting there thinking for 30 minutes, I mean, do you, do you, take notes i mean are you brainstorm or you okay 
So you're putting thoughts to paper as well. Yep. A lot of, yeah, sure. I love yeah. that. And any, and it could be, it's a, it's amazing when you just, I don't know if you've ever done it, but just try it. I mean, try it for a week, man. It'll, you talk about stealing time, the things you can accomplish in those 30 minutes, um, yeah. just to yourself, go to a park and sit under a tree, you know, just mm-hmm. because, because all, because, you know, these companies we run or these, these things that we do, the things that we're entrepreneurial about, whatever, like it's all coming from us. But if we don't stop to check in with what that spirit of it is and what it looks like, yep. then we're just serving other people all day long. And it's yep. like, we got to, you know, stop, get some thoughts out and uh, just, just keeps you centered, keeps me centered. Strategic thinking is one of the most important things you've got to be doing. You've got to be thinking, well, why are we doing something, right? If we're, we're completing this task every day, do we need to be doing it? You know, I mean, right. taking that time out to just give yourself space to creatively create a vision or revise your vision. You know, one of the things that I think is so important as a leader is to look back and say, you know what, I made the wrong decision before. And we're going to course correct and do something different now in the future. And I, I, I think, uh, you know, taking that space on a daily basis is a place where you can do that. So I want to encourage Elevate Nation, get your calendar out right now. Mark that 30 minutes into your calendar every single day. That's a huge nugget of wisdom. But with that said, Kevin, you know, what is something that you've changed your mind on recently? Just out of curiosity, I mean, during this 30 minutes, is there any, has there been anything where you've looked back and said, you know what? We did this before we made this decision, but now it's a time to go in a different direction. And, and maybe you changed your mind on something. Oh, I do it all the time, man. Like, I think, I think I love, I love the term because people say, you know, you, and you said this too, like culture and owning a business and entrepreneurship. I mean, I think so many people get it twisted that it's a sprint. Like yep. I'm going to be rich tomorrow or I'm going to be, you know, whatever next month, like, dude, yep. it's, you need what you're thinking today. Like that's pr- the outcome to that is likely going to be two, three, four, five years down the road. So true. So it's and it's a commitment. Sometimes I think you got to slow down to speed up. Um, and yeah, and, and taking the word the word mistake out of your vocabulary. I mean, look, I think there's stuff I do daily that I if I look even three, four weeks from now, I said, I probably would have done that differently. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's having the awareness of the word you just said, and that's course correction. You know, that's, you know, we're all steering this ship and we're just, it's like being out on the ocean, man. There's, oh shit, there's a rock coming. <laughs> well, you might hit it. And then we got to step over here and we got to fix our boat. And the next time we're going to go, we're going to go this way around the rock. So, um, I, I think you know, just having that mindfulness that you're on a journey and you're, you're on a marathon and not a sprint, man, will, will really, you know, we've been working on our, we talked about culture a little bit. I mean, we've been working at our culture for, geez, you know, five years. And that all, start, that all started, I was getting mentored by uh, Joe Doherty here in Louisville, who, who owns Louisville Paving. They're a couple hundred million dollar construction company now. And yeah, he, uh, he said, you know, 10 years ago, our culture was terrible. He said it took us, it took us nine years just to turn the corner with our culture. Now they've got a hundred employees and probably up to about 200 now, but you know, so it's like, okay, I mean, it's, I'm four or five years into it. And it's like, I'm on, I'm on pace. I mean, I look back and say, who's, here's who we were in 2011. 
here's who we were in 2015. Ooh, we, look who we were in 2017. That looked pretty great. We're here now. You know, it's. I, I I think if you really tap into this, I don't know that course correction will ever stop until the yeah, day yeah. you stop. Right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I read a book years ago called The Slight Edge. And, you know, it's all about those tiny decisions, either in your business or in your life that really kind of get you where you want to go. And the compound effect of all those decisions, you know, together is really what gets you there. It either takes you in one direction or the other. But the reason why I brought that up is because he talks about when a plane is flying from New York to LA, 98% of the time, it's off course, 98%. Yeah. And so it's got to go left, it's got to go right, you know, it's got to go north, south, whatever. And it's a great metaphor for everything. I mean, every single day, you've got to wake up and you got to show up. This, I was talking the other day, I was like, we have to show up every single day. We got to plant seeds, you know, now that may germinate, as you mentioned, in four to five years, you know, my, the thoughts that you're having now, I love that. Uh, the thought that you're having now may not really kind of show up in reality for another four to five years or even longer sometimes but yeah. just being committed to that long game. And, and that's what I actually, I become, I've become so addicted to personally is that it is that game. And it's once you see that the right decisions, they do pay off. Sometimes you feel, I don't know about you, but I, sometimes you get discouraged and it's like, man, are we doing, man, we're doing all this hard stuff, man. It's just like, we're going the long way. You know, do you ever feel like that? Oh, totally. man. I feel like that a lot. I mean, I do because yeah. I, I think, I think, I think our, our visions are so grand and our, you know, that's, I mean, I don't, I don't get out of bed for second place. It's like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do something that's like, we're going to be the best and we're going to, whatever that may look, I think I have a picture of what that looks like, but I may always be chasing that man, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that's cool. That's, that's the process to me. Uh, that is the pro the, the process and the people over the product all day long, like all mm -hmm. day long. Mm -hmm. like, I don't care. I don't care anything about asphalt. I'm passionate about it because it's the industry I'm in. But like, sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way about real estate. I mean, I, I love real estate because of the practical solutions that it can bring to you. But I don't get out of bed and just, oh, real estate. You know, I'm thinking about, well, what can we do to, to become the best version of ourselves? You know, how can I create a great team? How can we live a great life and look back and say, we're proud of everything. You know, that's, that's the essence of what we're talking about here on elevate. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's a lot of fun, but I'd be curious to know from you, you know, one of the things we talked about is you said, take mistakes out of your vocabulary, right? If you had to look back and say, well, maybe there was something that was a mistake that was a learning opportunity or perhaps even a bigger failure. Is there anything that you'd point to that said maybe it had planted seeds for a, a later success? Oh man, I, I think, I think some of my biggest mistakes are, um, it's probably one of my greatest, um, strengths too, is I'm just, I'm inherently a, a nice guy and I, I want to see everybody succeed. Like I really, I could, I could, I mean, these people could work for us for two or three weeks. I'm like, I want this guy. I mean, I want this guy to make it. I want his life to be better. It's like, I'm inherently guilty for hanging on to some wrong, some of the wrong people that don't, not that they're bad people, not that they can't go get a great job somewhere else, but like, it's, it's hard for me to let people go. Um, and it's, and it's, and I don't know if it's because, uh, because I want it to work out so bad that I, I want, I, 
like I, to me, this place is a great fit for everybody. Like for me, I think anybody would enjoy working here. Sometimes that's not the case, man. Sometimes, sometimes our expectation, and I almost try to talk people out of coming to work here in the interviewing process. Cause I, like, I need you to understand that the expectation here is not going to be like anywhere else. Like you can go do a lot of things for 16 to 25 bucks an hour. You, know, you can do go do a lot of things. Um, for 16 to 25 bucks an hour, but here it's going to be a little different. Now we're going to take care of you on the other side of that too. I mean, it, but yeah, I, I, the biggest mistakes I think I've had in this whole culture piece is just is not knowing um, when to get rid of a, an employee that may be toxic to the culture, man. And that's mm -hmm. um, I, and I had a huge breakthrough last season. We let we let go of a guy that had been here six years and kind of it was a huge part of this culture change, like. He was a huge part of the culture change from when I bought it in 2011. He'd been with me since 2014 or 15, and um, and it like that was tough. That was really tough, and it that was a huge risk for me. But I knew, like I knew in my heart two years ago, I knew in my heart two years ago that he wasn't right for this culture. And it took me two, you know, talk about mistakes. I hung on to a guy for two years because I was hoping, hoping that something would click or our communication would get better or that we would start seeing eye to eye and it just didn't so that you know that was that that was something that that was a risk that i took uh, that i that i think um really taught me something you know take these risks you know if it doesn't feel right it's probably not right you know yourself better than anybody else if it doesn't if it doesn't feel right man it's probably not and i'm not saying i'm not saying to inspire people because they had a bad day but like you you get to start getting the suspicion that man I don't know. And, and you've had communication and you've tried to talk through it and you've tried to, yeah. how do you want to be coached? You know, cause I take, I take responsibility for these people's success too. Like 50% of it's on them, 50% of that's on me. Um, so have I done everything in my power to make this work? And I, I think, I think that's where I mistake sometimes is, is sometimes I'll give more than that 50%, which is cool because I'm here for these people. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm really trying to make it work, but sometimes, sometimes you just wait too long. Yeah. It, it is really important to remember that, you know, it is certainly, you know, as long as you've, you've trained your people properly, they know your expectations, you've communicated. I love the question of how do you want to be coached? You know, I mean, that's because everybody's different, right? You can't assume that, Hey, my leadership style fits every single person on the planet. It doesn't. Everybody's different. You know, some people are introverts, some people are extroverts, some people are driven by recognition, some people are driven by a more purely financial or whatever yeah. it may be. So I think it's a really important reminder. And then also, you mean, I feel like you're speaking directly to me because it's like, I know there's decisions in my business that in my gut, I know I need to make and I've known for a while that I need to make. And I think everybody listening to this knows yeah. what those decisions are. So you know, spend your 30 minutes and putting those out on paper and strategize, you know, yeah. face the brutal facts. That's one of the things that I talk about a lot is like, you know what, what is the bad news? I want to know it now. And let's face yeah. it and strategize because I don't know about you. But in my business, when things go quiet, that's when I can feel the bad news. And I just want to know it so I can get rid of it. Does that ever happen to you? Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, absolutely. You you got you, and that's you're right. That's where that thirty minutes comes in, man. That's where you can be like, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. You you feel it. You feel it. You know, we're especially if you've been doing this a few years. Like, look, I've yep. been. I've been, you know, 
almost 10 years into this. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a whiz or master, man. I've still got a lot to learn, man. I, yeah. I'm in no way um, an expert in what I do. Um, mm-hmm. As good as I think we do what we do, I am no way an expert at what, at what I do. So it's like, if you're, you got to check in and, and trust your gut. Mm-hmm. You're, and if your gut's different than my gut's different than your gut, Tyler, so what? That's Absolutely. my gut. This is my business. This is my vision. And that's cool, you know? Um, so that's, you, you just got to trust yourself. You've, you've put yourself in the position to make hard decisions. And that's, that's another decision in itself. You're like, you want to work, you want to, you want all this responsibility. This comes with it, you know? Absolutely. So with all that said, I mean, you know, obviously throughout this journey, you've got to be humble because the learning never stops. And the day that you think, oh, well, I've got all the answers. That's when you start to really make huge mistakes uh, and really start to have those real failures. So I think it's important to realize that, you know, every single day you got to show up and be humble that, you know, you don't have all the answers, but you'll get better. You know, how can you get 1% better today? Uh, But I'd be curious to know about you uh, specifically, Kevin, is what is the what's the most worthwhile investment that you've made either in yourself or in your life that's made a big difference in your results? Oh man. Um, I don't, I don't think it's a financial investment. Um, what's, what's really helped me the last couple of years. And I, I think it all starts again. I think this all goes back to pouring into yourself. Um, what, what feels what feels good or what's going to give you the best chance to succeed if you're pouring in all the right things i think the universe finds a way of putting you in proximity of of other people or situations or circumstances um the biggest thing that i've invested in uh, probably the last couple years are are the people within my circle and it's um it's it's tapping into you know, I've probably got four or five people that I would say are in my circle. It's my wife. It's uh, Cindy Hoover here, who is our VP of operations. It's and it's my best friends, Brian Hess, Judd Burton, and a guy named Keith Callaway, who those three guys are in the paving industry. And it's um, you know creating and finding finding that circle. You got to have your eyes open to kind of look for that circle, and then I think the universe will repay you and putting putting people I didn't know any I didn't know three of those people in my circle two years ago and now you know they're some of my best friends in the whole world I'd do anything for them um so that that investment into and and the way that that circle works is like you know those guys are my role models now and they could probably say the same thing about me and it's not because I'm so special or those so special or, or what have you but we've each got certain qualities that we've see in, in, in each other that we want to be more like it's like so they inspire me you motivate me you push me i want to be more like this and, and they in turn want to be more like these qualities of mine so it's, it's really um it really is humbling it's really cool to get around the right kind of people that are really like really in your corner and investing in those relationships um that's uh that's been huge and get, getting around you know People with similar similar visions, similar goals, and most importantly to me is similar morals, ethics, and blueprints. You know, there's people out there with all kinds of different blueprints and ways that they uh, operate. But getting around and tapped into the right people with the same kind of energy, man, is ex- exponentially 
um, can get you to the next level. That's awesome, quicker. man. Quicker than you can do it on your own, I'll tell you that. I love that. I, I'd be curious to know, you know, how would you suggest the listeners implement a, maybe a system or an intentional act of creating their circle more intentionally? Is there anything that you would suggest? You just, you just got to show up. You just got to, um, hell in this, in this world we live in now with social media. I mean, uh, three of those people, Keith lives in Portland, Oregon, Brian lives in Pittsburgh and Judd lives in, in the British Virgin Islands and Anguilla. So I mean, three of these people I um, you know, never even met in person until, you know, within the last year or so we started friendships. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you're in, man. I don't, there wasn't, it didn't seem to be intentional when I was looking for it. It just, mm -hmm. I would just put myself in the right situations. Um, I was doing, I was just uh, exploring and had an open mind and just was present. I mean, uh, you, you gotta be out there in the world. You know, you just gotta be out there. Yeah. And you gotta be doing the right, you know, it's, there's so much crap out there. Like there's so much negativity and there's so much, like I don't, I have all my social media notifications, they're just off. And that's, that's another thing that's helped me. That's, I mean, they're just off. So, that's been another huge, like I check them, I'll check them for about five minutes, maybe in the morning after I've woken up and I'll check and go do maybe 10 minutes at night, like, and that's it. And it's mainly just to check in with my people, you know, mm -hmm. the things that I've chosen to follow and listen to and allow to get inside of my head. I don't want to read yep. the crap. I don't want to read the noise. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. Um, so I, I think put yourself in the, in the right positions to be, to be found, to be discovered, to be, you know, get involved with some groups, um, whatever it may be, man. Just I love it. I love it. Well, there's a ton of wisdom there. And I just, the, the reason, one of the reasons why I love the podcast so much is because what you just did was you planted the seeds in the minds of our listeners to realize that there is a greater opportunity for a more impactful circle for you to surround yourself with. Um, you know, you do have that opportunity. So let your mind go to work, you know, let your subconscious mind do the heavy lifting. Now, you know, meditate on this thought, you know, write it down. Hey, you know what, I just want to improve my circle. You may not know the answers to that right now. Um, but it's going to go to work and it may take years. I mean, it may take five years, it may take 10 years for this seed to really germinate. But uh, I think it's inspiring and, and it's exciting at the same time. Uh, I want to talk about goals a little bit. I'd be curious to know, over the past couple of years or so, what's what's a goal that you've been really proud of accomplishing? Oh, uh, man, I, a, a big a goal. Uh, I, I think we just talked about. I mean, a big one for me was. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'll call them goals, but I'll call them you know kind of milestones, I guess. In my uh, at least in my business life was was uh, one of them was letting that guy go, and then we also just uh, last last June was. Uh, we hot, you know, I've got this vision for our company. I mean, we, um, I'm looking to hopefully double up our business within the next year or two. I think we've got all the, the pieces in place and the equipment and things like that. I mean, we, I hired a guy that I probably shouldn't have hired because I don't know that we were financially ready to do it, but I, but I had that quiet time myself. I was like, all right, we want to take our business to this next level. We want to elevate our business. Um, like you say, and it's like, sometimes in those quiet times, you you know, you've got to make hard decisions. You've got to make a hire that, man, I don't know if I can afford this guy. I don't know that we're financially ready for this investment in our company. 
but damn it, we're going to figure it out because I know it's right. I know it's what we need. I know it's a key piece to where we're going. Um, so I, I think, um, I think just a big goal for me has been exploring risk. Um, not, not foolish risk, not just like, Oh, I'm going to go put, uh, you know, whatever. I'm not, you know, I'm talking about calculated risk, but just having the courage and trusting yourself enough and having enough confidence in yourself to know what you need to do to get to where you're going. That's huge. Yeah. And I, I really like the thought of, you know, milestones being really kind of the thought there yeah. uh, in a difference than goals in some way. And, and even kind of, as you mentioned, maybe even getting rid of a of a team member that wasn't a fit for the culture was a milestone. And for you, it was like, you know what? I finally had the courage to make a, a tough decision. You know, as a nice person, you didn't want to get rid of that person, but looking back, it allows you to grow as a leader and trust your gut, trust your intuition better. And then also making challenging decisions to say, man, I'm not ready to make this investment, but I know we need to. And it all, it always seems like, at least from my perspective and, and those that I respect, it's like, you've got to kind of take those leaps of faith, and be committed and be willing to just show up and, and make the hard decisions and show up every single day. So I really appreciate you saying that. Saying that. Uh, what else are you working towards right now? I mean, what's, what's inspiring you today? Well, what's inspiring me right now is a 75 hard, I can tell you that. I'm on, I'm on day 12, and, you know, what inspired me to do that? It sounds like you've spoken with some guys or people, that, guys and gals that have gone through it, and it's yep. like, I got two of my close friends saying it will change your life. It's like, well, come on, man, we're just exercising. It's just one more workout a day. Right. Like, but it's um, just 12 days in, like it's, it's tapping something into my, to my spiritual, into my mental. Um, it's, it's, it's well beyond a physical check-in, man. It's, mm -hmm. it's pretty eye opening and I'm not, you know, I'm not here trying to promote it or anything, but no, it's, it's I, I think the biggest thing for me again, is it's, it's helping me understand the value of time and it's helping me understand uh, it's, it's going back to what I tapped into when I was a wrestler. That's, that's just discipline, you know, mm -hmm. um, find, finding it, find, you know, <laughs> I've, I've found myself making a lot fewer excuses the last 12 days than I did the 12 days before. I mean, whatever it may be, it's like, man, I don't feel like doing that. It's like a seven minute task. It's like, man, I'll do it tomorrow. Like right now, at least so far, 12 days in, like there's no, I'll get to that tomorrow. It's like, all right, I'm here. Let's knock it out and it'll be over with. So it's, um, it's been pretty eye opening, man. I hope, hopefully, you know, as I continue on this journey that, that I can, and I'm not just doing this for myself. Yeah, it'll be cool to get through it, but I, you know, I just, I'm always looking for ways to be a better version of myself for my spouse, for my kids and for my people. Like, that's it, man. That's all I care about. Like, I'll be fine. Like I'll be fine. I'm yep. gonna. I'll figure it out. I'll survive. But like, if I can be, if I can be a better version and the best version of myself for the other people that rely on me, that look up to me, um, that I provide for, or whatever, then that's that's what makes me go, man. I mean, one of the questions I was going to ask you is why is personal growth so important to you? I think you just answered it. But what what would you say to others? You know, there's a lot of people out there. In fact, there's millions and millions of people out there who say guys, can we just talk about real estate? Can we talk about organization charts? Can we talk about, you know, management techniques? You know, what, what would you say to those folks uh, about personal growth and how that impacts your life and how that may be able to impact their life? I, you know, I don't, I don't think any of that, I don't think you're going to 
be any good at that either if you don't figure out the personal side of it, man. I mean, of course we can sit here and talk about all of that. I mean, we know how to do all that. And, you know, I, I think, uh, I think, I think people need some of that. I think there's certain platforms for them to get that kind of information, but you've got to, um, you've got to take that personal commitment and that personal step forward um, kind of for yourself first before, before you can almost even think about getting really good at anything else. You know, you've almost got to work at mastering yourself before you begin to take on everything else. Couldn't have That's said it better I mean. myself. Yeah. You got to fill up your own cup before you can fill up someone else's. And uh, you know, you're not going to be able to do that. If you truly care about other people, you can't do it. So uh, I really appreciate that and totally agree. So I want to transition into our rapid fire section. We call it the rare air questionnaire. You just scaled Mount Everest. You looked across the valley. There's a bigger Mount Everest that's coming, you know, and, and you're inspired, you're growing. But, you know, most people, they said, you know what, I, I want to talk about the organizational chart. I don't want to talk about personal growth. I don't care. You know, my legs are tired. I'm good. Uh, but you are committed. And I'd love to know a, a few things from you. If you had to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've ever read, what would those be and why? Oh, man. Um, I, I think I, I'll go chronologically here. There's, there's two that stick out to me um, within the last, I don't know, 12 years of my life. Uh, one I read about 12 years ago, my father-in-law gave me um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Yep. Um, which I'm sure a lot of, I mean, it's a very popular uh, book. It's about, you know, being, being the working dad, you know, you work for someone else or being the entrepreneur dad who kind of works for himself. And it was, you know, I'm a, I'm a typical go to high school, get good grades. You got to go to college to get a good job. Um, kind of upbringing, went to private Catholic college, uh, got a great education, got a great job with Wells Fargo right out of college. Uh, had a job with the Kentucky Masonry Institute as their executive director right after that before I bought this company. But um, he gave me that book. I don't know. It was 2007, eight, nine. Maybe we bought this company in 2011. I thought I'd always kind of wanted to, to be an entrepreneur, do something on my own. Like I kind of said that inside of me, but like really reading that book was like, yeah, that, uh, that was, so that was a turning point that like really got me focused on shifting from, you know, corporate America job kind of path, which I would probably may still be on. I mean, I don't know if I wouldn't have read that book. Um, and then one uh, I just read, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago was Can't Hurt Me. David Goggins, and um, just, I mean, dude, uh, for him to tell the story of the things that he endured and went through in his life and where he's at today is like, if that can inspire you to get your ass up and go be something, it's like, then you don't, then you're not, you don't have RD. So, um, yeah, being able to, and he and he read that he wrote that book so perfectly like you could really like the illustrations of really being there on the, the things the challenges he was going through in his life um really really kind of kicked off me getting into this all right you can you can work a little harder you, you can be you know do, what else can you be doing that's kind of what led up to the 75 hard a little bit too it was like i need to push myself i need to kind of retrain my mind so yeah those, those two were were really good ones for me that, that that inspired something within me to kind of make a change 
Well, you know that I love books and I love books, especially that make you change the way you think. And both of those books totally flipped the script on how you outlook life and how you outlook your mindset and your practical approach, whether it's rich dad, poor dad, or can't hurt me. And definitely put links in the show notes of both those books because they're both transformational for sure. And we're only using a portion of our mind. I mean, our mind always tells us to stop, man. We're tired. You know, it's going to hurt it, you know, but there's so much more that you can do if you just realize what's possible and really anything's possible. It's limitless. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, aside from our discussion today and what we've kind of talked about, I'm curious to know what's the biggest way that you would say that you elevate your life on a daily basis. Biggest way I elevate my life, man. We've talked a lot about a lot of things already. So this is a tough one because I'm asking you to dig deep here. This is digging deep. This is big and deep. Uh, well, my, my biggest motive, um, my, it goes back to the first thing we said. I mean, the biggest thing that gets me pushing is is being a role model for those two boys, man. Like, that's that's what it's about. Like, I don't – that and, um, you know, I, I think we all have a fear of death. And I think we all have that – I, I think what's elevating me is starting to really understand the concept of time. Like I turn 40 next year and it, and it's not, I don't think it's the number. I don't mean anything to do with, you know, it's 40, but it's like, man, look, let's back, let's back into this. Like, let's back into this thing. Like let's say 70 is the number let's say, you know, I don't know, maybe it's 60, maybe it's 80. What if 70 is the number? How many days do I have? How many hours do I have? How many how many summer vacations do I have left with my kids? Um, how many how many more birthdays do I have to celebrate with my wife? And it's like you can really start, you know, backing into some of that's like, and I and I when I go like when I go like I don't care about how much money I don't care about any of that recognition I want to leave I want people to say he was a great person he cared he gave back. He, he, he was a coach. He was, a, you know, he was a, someone to listen to and talk to, inspire. Um, and just, it's legacy, man. It's not, and it's not financial or business legacy. It's human legacy. Like, that was a good dude. He was a good dude. Like, that's all I care about. Um, and I want my, my kids to look up and say, I would like to model my life or, you know, uh, not entirely, but like my dad had some awesome traits that I can really want to apply in my life. So, I mean, that's, that's what gets me going is starting to back into to this theory of time. Well, you're absolutely doing that. And, and hopefully this, this audio, this video will stack on that for many, many years. And um, I mean, I have no doubt you're leaving that legacy right now with everything you're doing. And I, and I just admire you so much. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully you've got many more years than that. I heard real quick, I heard this thing from Dan Sullivan. His goal is to live till he's 156. So I don't know, maybe things are possible. Uh, you know, you're right. so maybe you're just getting started here. And I definitely think that's the case. But, uh, you know, beyond everything that we've talked about as well, you know, my final question for you is, how do you elevate others around you? I, I think, uh, I think just showing up as the best version of yourself, I think being available for others um, and being genuine that you truly care about them, that you, you know, you listen more than you talk. Um, you know, I may be the leader and I may be the one in front of the meeting a lot or whatever, but it's like, 
just listen. I, I think I think you said. It. I mean, we are humans. Like our our number one survival need. It's not food and water. It's love, man. It's like we want to be accepted. We want to be a part of something. We want to feel appreciated. It's like the more you can listen, um, and the you know, and really get to connect with people. I think that I think that elevates people. We took we took a guy on my team who's. 25 years old down to Anguilla for the gold digger retreat and this kid's never been on an airplane across the ocean like we're, we're taking to this I mean I'm you talking I'm talking five star like probably the nicest place I've ever been I mean uh, Eli Manning stayed there a week before we got there and like just to see just to see his eyes when he got off that airplane and got to those villas was like holy cow man like this he'll never forget this this is changing lives and like that's that's uh you talk about elevating people it's like you know being such a good leader that you can give them opportunities to change you know their lives as well so that's that's it for me man man i love it this has been an absolute blast and a pleasure a privilege to sit down with you today uh, I'm I'm sad that we that our time has really come to an end here, but uh, you know I want to give the listeners an opportunity to to go deeper with you and stay connected with you. What's the best way for them to stay engaged with you? Uh, LinkedIn, just check check out Kevin Gray, and then also uh, from a social standpoint, Instagram and Facebook. It's ADC Paving. Instagram backslash ADC Paving. That's probably the best way to keep up with us. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely encourage the listeners to reach out, stay engaged, follow along because he's doing this every day. I mean, he's showing you, you know, really what's going on, you know, behind the scenes on a daily basis on social media and beyond. But definitely want to stay engaged with him if you want to add him into your own inner circle, whether it is personally or virtually, whatever it may be. Of course, you can do that. And we'll, of course, put the links to the show notes of, uh, you know, of everywhere you can find Kevin and ADC Paving. But I, I want to remind the listeners that repetition is key here. You got to re-listen to the show. You got to take notes. You got to dissect this for 30 minutes, your daily 30 minutes. You know, what can you do uh, to strategize, to vision, to apply what you learned today? And you've got to take massive action. And how do you take massive action? You got to brainstorm, you know, what ideas did you infer between the lines here? You got to prioritize. You got to put it on the schedule. So you got to get your calendar out, schedule out what you're going to do to take action. You got to find leverage. Who can help you along this path? What tools do you need? You know, is there an accountability partner that you can, you know, tap into? And you've also got a course correct, as we talked about in the show today. You know, you will make mistakes and remove the mistake from your vocabulary. But as you do that, course correct and show up and don't beat yourself up. And so if you want to go deeper, obviously, you can go uh, to the Facebook community. We've got Elevate Podcast community on Facebook if you want to you know, tap into a accountability partner, but also encourage you to share with a friend because the teacher learns the most. If you can screenshot this episode, tag Kevin, tag Elevate Pod, tag myself, you know, whoever, share this with a friend because that's really how you start to light gasoline on other people's fires and, uh, and really kind of help elevate their game, elevate others around you. So, uh, Kevin, I want to thank you again for being on the show today. Pleasure's all mine, dude. That was, this was awesome. Thank you so much. Man, this has been a lot of fun and Elevate Nation. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, showing up today, listening, engaging. And uh, until next time, go out and elevate your life and others around you. And thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Elevate. 
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit tylerchesser.com.